This interview will contain spoilers for seasons one and two, so please be sure to listen to those before we talk about it. Hey everyone, welcome to the special interview episode featuring the voices of Dr. Nolira Eck, Siobhan Lumsden, and Ali Tanya Milojevic, as well as Caitlin Statz, the writer, and myself. We're doing a digital interview in real time on Zoom. Nice to meet you guys. Like, this is the first time we're kind of all speaking live. Yeah. For, for me, anyway. <laughs> I feel like I'm listening to Vast Horizon right now. This is cool. <laughs> Hello, Allie. <laughs> Hello, Nolira. Looks like we meet again. <laughs> so to clarify, this is the first time we're, we're actually speaking in person-ish through Zoom. I, I hear your voices all the time, but you never actually talk back to me when I'm editing your voices. But we've never actually, like, talked I know. Just some, I think some voice notes via Facebook Messenger, but otherwise, that's, you've just been editing my voice <laughs> for two years now. Oh, I follow Siobhan on Instagram, so I always see pictures of her travels Aww. and things that she's up to and books, lots of books. <laughs> it's, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's mostly, hmm, what is, what is Siobhan reading today? <laughs> And it's usually something great. Oh, I need to, I do, I need to share more about what I'm reading, actually. I'm reading a lot. <laughs> I actually had to go back and read some of the scripts because I was like, oh my goodness, I've been reading so many books that m even my mind with like season one, especially, I had to go back and do a bit of a refresher. <laughs> oh, because it's, so. it's, it's so long ago. We do everything in seasons. It's been years. Yeah. You think it's only a year, but it's, oh my God, it's been a while. I know. It, it seems like yesterday, but then you look back at the dates and you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's just what happens when you're living in a house and at house arrest. <laughs> yeah. We actually had a few questions exactly regarding this. So the question asks, we all recorded the entire production at home, basically alone with just a script for guidance. Hearing your voices in the context of the first episode, what was that like for both of you? For me, hearing Tanya's voice hearing the AI. And then hearing yourself also on like a spaceship and, and sort of all the, the breathing you had to do and cut up sequences come together with the words. and <laughs> It was pretty bizarre. I think uh, just remembering the recording experience, especially of season one, like all of the crawling and it was pretty intense. So then, yeah, listening back, it's weird, especially like listening with my partner as well. He was like, this is you. <laughs> like, this is so, you know, he just saw me after when I had like mascara running down my face because I was properly crying. I didn't even realize some of the time. <laughs> so it was pretty cool to listen back. How about you, Tanya? For me too, I was amazed with the realistic. First of all, with Nolira's character, Siobhan, you did an amazing job with sounding genuine, believable, and just like you had no idea what was going on. It, you were taking the audience through the journey just as much as your character was going through it. The audience was learning with you. So the sound design and the acting blew me away. And also I listened with my partner and he was like, the AI was like, wow, this doesn't even sound like you at all. <laughs> the filters were amazing. I hadn't heard some of those filters ever before in audio drama. So Travis, the fact that you were able to just ingeniously sound design that whole sequence really kept me kind of riveted. And because it, it's a couple of months between when we record and hear it, hearing which takes were chosen and kind mm. of going off of the pattern that I I started doing as the AI with trying to say certain words the same way because I picked up on the mixing, uh, the takes that were being chosen, the similar 
endings of sentences and things that the AI would say or the beginning, like yes, for example. I started emulating that when recording. So it was kind of like a synchronized effort with all of us and the writing being what it is made the story extremely riveting and that the cliffhangers at the end of the episodes are like, no, that's it. I want I want to hear more. <laughs> so just hearing the first episode, I was hooked. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yes, it worked. <laughs> Did hearing them actually influence how you acted at the end or later? Yeah, I my intention, as I saw with the writing and heard the different takes that you chose personally, I was thinking um, that I wanted to give a balance where the AI was slowly becoming sentient over time, but really you still believed that it was an artificial intelligence. But then it, it sometimes surprised you and sounded a little bit more human, especially when it when it gave opinions. Mm. So I, I was just mainly personally trying to get that balance uh, as as good as possible because I would want to hear that as a listener. How about you, Siobhan, with, uh, with the changes and the things happening with Nolira? following her character development, like learning more about her as I recorded her and kind of watching her morph. Um, and especially the first few episodes, they were pretty emotional and things. And then as we move forward, it kind of shifted. So that was pretty cool to see. Also, Caitlin, I like the fact that you made it so that we don't really know for a long time if Poe is in her head or yes. if she's really <laughs> there a ghost and i tried to also emulate that with the ai where like does the ai know more than it's letting on or what's going on just keeping that mystery as well to go along with your mystery about poe the way that we get to use audio as well because we are we're not playing with any visuals we're just using the voices and the way that Travis is able to mix it all to make it sound like someone is physically there. It's one of the wonders. It's one of the things I love about when I write horror is that people get to play with what they're hearing in their mind. And the same thing with Poe. And I think it just went so well. And I think, again, like what uh, Tanya was saying, like Travis gets to use all these amazing filters and throw sounds around in a way that just makes it sound exactly the way that I'm thinking of it when I'm writing it out. <laughs> and then you guys put these amazing voices to it and it turns out perfect. It's also been really fun secretly when I was going through season one and two, I would find my favorite instance of that word and copy and paste it throughout the entirety of the season. That was quite fun. Dr. Nalira Eck, can you hear me? Do you require assistance? Medical crew is currently unavailable to assist you. Because of the rising panic, every time you say Our something... continues to increase. Do you require assistance? Medical crew is currently unavailable to my damned legs. I have a script for your character, Tanya. It's just a bunch of things that Allie says all the time because I want her to say it in the same way every single time mm -hmm. so I don't like rewrite the sentence. So I just have a script of script inserts. <laughs> Um, cause I don't, I don't want those variations until later in the season where she's starting to break away from like that AI patterning. Yeah. You guys just do such a, a great job at it. I don't know a lot about Siobhan's history with, with voice acting, but I don't know if this was your first like big character, like a main character. Can, I don't, I, yeah, that's my question then. How did you get into voice acting? <laughs> <laughs> I've always done acting, but mainly theater. And then when I was living in China in 2011, I just saw this job advertised to to do voice acting for animation and I'd never really thought about it before as a career and so I auditioned I got the job and yeah that was kind of how that started and I've mainly done 
voice acting for animation and theme parks. So this was actually, this was my first big kind of main role and especially in an audio drama. Like this is my first experience of doing an audio drama. So thank you. It's been amazing. Well, you knocked it out of the park. So thank you. <laughs> That's really cool. You did it. Theme parks. Um, I'm curious as well, what sort of voices did you do for that? Mainly it was just like the usual, like if you're entering, so it's theme parks across China, like when you enter the park, like kind of the rules and regulations and like the voiceover just before you kind of get on a roller coaster, you know, cool. fasten your seatbelt, this kind of thing. <laughs> and then also some, some of the rides, like the 4D rides and things, just some voices. There was like one set in space um, back in like 2012. So that was quite cool as well. <laughs> so not my first side journey <laughs> oh that's so cool though yeah. yeah i need to actually go to one of those theme parks at some point po <laughs> post covid and wait to hear my voice i think that would be bizarre that point to a speaker so cool <laughs> so that's me <laughs> yeah <laughs> Tanya, just so we have also an understanding because we, we hear, we've, I think this is our first interview with you, actually, uh, despite us talking with you a lot in, in, in real life and in person and such, which is so strange for us, fun and so missed. Uh, how did you get into voice acting? I got into voice acting by accident as well. It stemmed from my love of movies, audio dramas, and also when I was a kid, I always wanted to do some kind of acting because it was fun and telling stories was always, I always loved listening to them and wanted to tell tell them as well and kind of emulate what I liked in different actors. So I always thought it it would be most important to sound as realistic at you know as believable rather as you can when you're acting and try to put that into my learning of it and improvement. So I came across audio drama when I was in high school by accident and pursued listening to as much as I could. And then found independent audio drama through, it was a website called Voice Acting Alliance back then. Now it's a Facebook group. And started auditioning for anything and everything with a really bad microphone. Just like a line in, <laughs> you know, condenser mic. It was terrible quality. And eventually just learned and got better and networked. And I did for the past like 10 years, I've been different audio dramas and podcasts and did some couple things for Audible, and now I'm doing some audio description tracks for the blind and visually impaired audiences. It's a track that explains kind of what's going on in a show between dialogue, costume changes, and facial expressions, and any action of note it describes. It gives you that additional narration. A lot of people turn it on Netflix if they're washing dishes or doing something where they're not watching the screen, too. So it makes it almost like an audiobook experience. So I've been doing a little bit of that. And honestly, whatever projects I encounter that I like or shows or whatever, I reach out and I'm just like, hey, this is great. Like, if you need more voices, let me know that kind of thing. I, and I just mainly think the, the best part about it is the collaboration between everyone, the writers, the, the mixer, the sound designers, the actors, and it's like making a mural together. It's great. Yeah. That's that's my favorite part. I enjoy painting that mural. And thank you both for lending your voices. It really is a lot of fun to work with both of you. Thank you. Same here. Some of the, the questions that we're asking are questions that we actually got from fans on like Twitter and Discord and stuff like that. So we have just like a list of them. <laughs> um, but thinking of it as a mural is actually a really wonderful thing. I still love that because podcasting is so small scale for what we're doing like you really get to know your team and Travis hears people's voices 
all day, every day. And by the time he actually speaks with them in person, he, he feels like he's already known them for yeah. a while. His parasocial relationships. <laughs> with all the ticks. <laughs> What's the most difficult part of, of recording for you? What was the most difficult part for you to record? How about that? For, for both of you the beginning of season one <laughs> like like I said earlier like all of the crawling and like the pain you know she was in so much pain in the first few episodes so really like getting that across and then also when everyone's obviously listened to this who's gonna listen to this episode I don't want to like give anything away but <laughs> <laughs> in case there's new listeners but I think like when she realized like it was a recording of Poe like she like I think it was episode five of season one. Um, it was actually pretty emotional. I was genuinely upset about that. <laughs> like when I came out I of recording. <laughs> yeah, I was, I really felt the emotion. But yeah, all of the breathing and the running and the crawling and falling down that shaft. And yeah, that was, that was pretty challenging, I would say. <laughs> Which again, I must reiterate, because it was your first main character, you did an amazing job. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You did. It was incredible. The variancy in the the breathing and the running and things because you, you were basically had to record on your own with no one to play work off of. So that mm. must have been just a different experience from your theater background too. very different, actually. And I had been doing some like podcasts, but always like with friends and things. So it was kind of the first time just recording on my own and there's no visuals like with animation you know I'm so used to dubbing so it was but I loved it it was you know you could really get into the character that was like one of the the most fun parts yeah and for me also getting into the character was so much fun I use screen readers generally to access like the computer and be able to read documents and access the internet so I'm used to hearing AI continuously mm. and on my phone and all this stuff so Getting to record an AI was like a dream come true. And Travis, and when you guys, you and Caitlin let me know that I was going to get the role, I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. <laughs> like it was, a, it was an incredible opportunity that I'm so grateful for because I've always wanted to kind of play an AI that slowly became sentient. You know, I, again, not to give anything away to new listeners, but just in AI with with depth. So that was fun. And then in terms of uh, the most challenging part, I guess I would say probably toward the end of season one, when there was that standoff, I don't want to give too, too much. I think people have heard it by now. You'll be, okay. good. You'll be good. I think we'll put like a thing at the beginning that says this contains spoilers for seasons one and two. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Episodes I think it was nine and 10 of season one where I was taking control of, you know, Nolira's arm and she couldn't move it. And, and then I immobilized Sanan and took control of the gun. That was that was cool because but but challenging also because of that balance that I mentioned earlier, trying to get that right where I didn't sound too sinister or happy about the fact that I had control, but just enough to where you could detect it a little bit and leave it up to the imagination. That was a lot of fun. I, I, I think I like, I've cried during most of the episodes, not all of them, but like every every two or three, it's just like you get punched. Like you're listening mm. and you're like... Yeah. And the the performances have just been really emotionally impactful. And uh, for me, kind of going through certain parts, like where there's the, the terrorist event activity, and it's like that sort of brought 9-11 feelings for me. Season two just goes all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, wow, I have not had too many dry eyes when, when editing the show. And usually I have to take a few minutes to just 
like be alone after. <laughs> it's, it's emotional, definitely. A lot of episodes. And I feel I feel really bad for Nolira. <laughs> I would often come out of recording. Um, honestly, my partner, Dane, he was just... He was so shocked that I could be like so upset from recording. And like, <laughs> I also had to take some time. I had to lie down and like transition from Nalira back to Siobhan before I could go to sleep because I usually recorded quite late in the evening. So that was fun. <laughs> I can relate to that. I def After I record and do an exciting character session or what have you, I'm like wound up and usually I record in mm. the evening as well. So I can't, I just need some time to like unwind and go to sleep too yeah do you have any any rituals for getting into or out of character by the way that was a that was a question oh yes i i probably just as a funny uh, thing i say a line so like i'll say you know medical crew is currently unavailable to assist you or something like that uh that i say a lot in the show and then that gets me back into the into the character I have quite a small recording booth and when I've kind of closed the doors and I just have little fairy lights on the roof, I feel like I'm in space. So I feel like as soon as I closed the doors <laughs> of my booth, I was like That's alone <laughs> on the Bifrost. <laughs> so I just imagined that I was like in the Bifrost when I shut the doors and then I was, yeah, <laughs> I was there. <laughs> I was Nalira. <laughs> so you, you have a lot of whimsical projects that you work on. What are projects that you both are working on apart from Vast Horizon? So I'm always recording cartoons for this company I work for in China. So I just finished a preschool edutainment series, which is always fun to like play these little animals and things very different from Vast Horizon. <laughs> um, but I also recently started a podcast with a friend called The Stars Align. So it also does have, well, it's not like space in the same way, but it's a, an astrology podcast. So last year... During lockdown, I kind of got into astrology and I've been exploring that a lot. So that's taking up a lot of my time at the moment, but it's, yeah, it's really fulfilling. I love it. Yeah, that's cool. what I'm working on at the moment. What about you, Tanya? So right now I'm working, and Travis, you're in this as well, but Wordtastic, which is um, Steve Schneider's and Austin Beach's podcast about teaching um, middle school kids vocabulary words through a spy show where the kids are spies Ooh. and their main characters. It's it's a very cool show. That's right awesome. Now we're, there are 13 episodes. I think there's 14 in total. So it's almost all out there for anyone's uh, listening amusement. And it's, I believe it's on Libsyn. It's on Apple Podcasts. So it, you just Google it, Wordtastic, you'll find it. And it it's sort of, it's a spy show. So the kids collect these words in a word trap and um, they're trying to save the world from word amnesia because it's affected the written language and adults are losing their ability to remember how, how to speak and vocabulary and kids are saving, saving the, the day. So it's cute. <laughs> There's that. Oh, and that's then, amazing. Yeah, it's fun. And then I recorded for a couple of different projects, subtitles for, as I mentioned, the audio description. They do the the narration track, but then also a lot of the times when it's a foreign film, they have voice actors, almost like dubbing, record the subtitles. But uh, because you don't have to match the movement of the mouth because you're, you're, it's a different language, it's not going to match, they're not worried about physically saying it in sync so in that for that reason it's just you're just reading subtitles and you're doing it you're trying to match the tone of the actor in the film but you're just you know you're recording and sending it in and then they dub it over over the track with the okay. voice lowered 
so it, it's fun. Um, I just worked yeah. on it yesterday. Yeah. Nice. Are you, do you typically record by reading the lines with your hands or do you have the aid in your in your ear uh, read it to you? I know you have a, a really cool thing that reads text to you at hyperspeed and you're able to process that. <laughs> yeah. So I have my screen reader read the through my headphones, read the script to me. And I go to the place in the movie, the marker where I need to be for that line. I'll listen to how they say it and I'll practice it like once or twice to myself and then go ahead and record it in that same tone. Lay in another track, lay the timestamps matched up with the movie and send it in that way. Awesome. Yeah. Both of you were talking about how you're recording these like wonderfully cute children's shows and it makes me feel really bad because I write these terrible scenes where everyone's crying and heart and it's like and then you're like and then we went to go record these children's shows and I was like I I'm glad you have joy it's it's a nice balance for sure yeah Um, but there's no real with with kids shows it is fun but there isn't that much character development so yeah, I absolutely, you know, don't feel bad about Nalira. Like, I love exploring her journey with her, going on that journey with her. So, <laughs> I'm a sci-fi and horror fan, a huge fan. I love being able to be in in um, shows like No Sleep and you know, The White Vault and Fast Horizon. It's so much fun, and I look forward to it. It's like the highlight of my recording sessions. Oh well, we do have a question about that then. Um, so somebody asked on the Twitter. How does Tanya deal with being so many characters in Fool and Scholar projects? And who is your favorite to play from Marion to Dr. Susan Thorne to Dragana or to Allie? Like, who is the, the fa- your most favorite one so far? <laughs> I say so far because odds are, Tanya, we love working with you. <laughs> I love working with you guys, so- too. It's one of those things where I'm just trying not to sound the same. And I'm always worried I'm going to eventually sound the same as I did for another character. So that's good that people think it's different enough. It's always a a wonderful challenge for me to sort of add to my range in terms of being able to do believably different voices and and things. So that's exciting. Which one's my favorite? I have no idea because I I love all the different characters and their development, like Siobhan was saying, with being really being um, able to step into a deep role and explore that character as time goes on. I'll say that I love the ability to play the AI, so that's been a really, really <laughs> exciting role. <laughs> so I guess that, yeah, it's it's super fun. I think I kind of expected to come on and like hear you sounding exactly like Ali, even though obviously it's also like a filter and things, but I'm like, yeah, I'm like, Ali, where are you? We've had somebody call Tanya a, uh, a uh, what is it, an audio chameleon. Yes. Cool. Um, Thank you. <laughs> because, yes, because you, so somebody was listening to, to Artifact and they were like, oh yeah, Tanya does so well as Marion. And then they were listening to the newest season with Dragana and they had no idea you were the same person. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, just no pressure to keep uh, keep going with that. But... <laughs> On the topic of characters, were there any characters that you uh, particularly enjoyed, or if you have a favorite from Best Rise in either season? It, it could even be your own character. Caitlin was really surprised to discover a, a rather large fan base for Sanan, for instance. The AI is my favorite. That's, <laughs> and I'm not just saying that because we're on the air together here. Um, <laughs> I think I think because so much of season one was just us. So yeah, like I became so familiar 
with your character and kind of loved that. And then it was like a breath of fresh air in season two as well to have so many characters. Like I can't even keep track of them all. There's so many now. Um, but yeah, definitely the AI for me. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I would say that I, I'm going to take two because I, I do like Sanan's just e-move. Like you can't budge his mindset. But then you kind yeah. of wonder if he has, if he's starting to change. But, you know, of course, we we won't know. I don't know if we'll find out or not. So I guess we'll we'll see where that goes. But I do like the inscrutability of his character and, and steadfast, like, I'm going to escape. I don't care about anybody else. It's like, he's fascinating. <laughs> and then, of course, Nolira, I, I've got to say, I love the character development and all the struggles that she goes through all the injustices and and she comes out still being a very strong character, a strong female lead and assured within herself. It's one of those things where, where you can tell she's a survivor. She's been through a lot. And no matter what gets thrown at her, even if, she, you know, like she was tortured and she came out of it without being insane. I, I love the arc and the development. And I, I do think that it's kind of cool that the AI genuinely is trying to help her out. Now, what what the motives are long term, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. But but I do like that that whole balance. One, one more that I personally had. Uh, Siobhan, so this is something that confused me. I wasn't expecting this. What was your expectation for what Zizi was going to sound like? You helped coordinate recording Zizi, and then we got Zizi to record, and it was so wonderfully cheery. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is really, it fits. Like, I wasn't thinking of this direction, but it works so well. <laughs> I was going to say, I also loved Zizi. Like, also, like, listening back and, like, reading back in things, she just, you know, when she just, like, she's just so joyful. Like, the most joy we kind of get in the season. Like, she appears <laughs> and you're like, what? And with the classical music and things as well. No, she was she was really great. <laughs> was was that the direction you expected to hear Zizi? No, I think I also was <laughs> expecting like similar to the AI, I guess, kind of. Yeah, it. She was just so bubbly, and it just added a whole other element, I think, to to both of the seasons. <laughs> I think you guys should develop a skill for the echo and just have the actress that recorded ZZ do the same voice so that people can use her voice in there as their um, assistant at home because it's yeah. so cute. I love I love how she, you know, performs ZZ too. Very like I want I want an AI being like, do you want a cup of tea? Just very excited. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> And she has good music taste. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> the seamless transition also just between languages was a lot of fun to explore um, from Nalira to um, Ewan's performance as both the father and son, or brother rather. It was fun exploration to go through with this story. Yeah. I guess it's more of a statement than a question. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I really like the, um, how you used the different languages and, and it, it's seamless. It's like, even if you don't understand when you're listening, you don't have the benefit of looking at the script ahead of time. It's things are said that won't confuse your context of that scene yeah yeah my partner doesn't understand mandarin but he still was able to follow like i would just translate for him when we were listening but i was like i don't think i even need to like it's not you don't need to kind of understand i don't think like you can get it from the context within the context of things does ali have any hobbies and if if not what would she like to do from either of your perspectives that's a great question we know she loves to read and she loves fairy tales 
and stories with morals. Uh, I would say she probably it would be interesting if she wrote like a song or <laughs> created her own podcast or something. This one is called No Lyric Goes Out the Hatch. <laughs> <laughs> I think Allie should sing in season three. There is. Is there a season? <laughs> Hopefully with plenty of auto three. <laughs> Lots of auto tune. Yes, it is. It is happening. You guys are working on so much. <laughs> it's just been so much work, but it's it's lovely because again, we get to work with so many people who have never voice acted before. They're so excited to be part of a good, like a great story. They're so have like all the voice actors around the world you've been working with had access to recording studios, or did they all kind of record from home? If they've not done it before, I'm guessing they have to go to a studio or it's a mix. Okay. It has been a mix. Same with Vast Horizon, like season two, we were like, here are 70 actors. Good luck. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so um, I would say the vast majority, uh, pun intended, um, record at home in a studio that they've put together or on their sure SM58 in a little under a sheet or blanket or something. And I'll do some coaching with like, okay, well, we've got too much noise. Could you record under a blanket? That would be very nice. Or a duvet. That would be better. But it does show that people can record entire stories never having met each other um never having been in the same state as each other or the same country and it's one of the joy like the, the great joys of podcasting is that there's so so many fewer barriers in the way to creating a wonderful story and to getting it out to people we're again very happy that not only did you guys say that you would be part of it but that you have the ability to record because <laughs> we work with a lot of people who we we coach through doing recordings because we want to work with them so bad but they've just never done it before and it's it's always lovely when it's real professionals who have done it before and we're like perfect you know exactly what a condenser is you know all of this stuff it's perfect <laughs> if you could change something about your character what would it be obviously when i find out okay no i actually i'm a mass murderer <laughs> may you know just because of who i am i would change that part but then that changes everything i would yeah yeah that seems silly to actually suggest that but shame she really like i was not expecting that <laughs> i don't think it's a shame to to want the person that to be good <laughs> you yeah like you're like you're oh i, I like this person i i feel like they're emoting everything correctly they seem like they're making good choices and then you've already, like, I've already tried to write into the script that you establish that emotional connection with Nolira before you find out what, what has occurred yeah. in the past. So by that point in time, there's that emotional struggle of, oh, no, I have an emotional connection to a war criminal. <laughs> so... When she starts interacting with people in season two and like actually talking with people in real time as well after the event, it's also a very different experience than what I was expecting. I was like, oh, she's going to be friendly, bubble. It's like, no, 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 there is no nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Whoa. Well, because you get that whole experience of her with just Allie and her trying to just live on her own and do what she needs to do, exactly what she doesn't want happens she goes back to where people know her and she just puts up all these walls yeah and then for ali i guess i would say it would be interesting if she interacted with um more i guess more character like sh she interacted with sanan directly and with nolira but it'd be interesting if she started talking to like the captain or i i don't know it just because she's able to alter files and she's just quietly sinister in the background. It would <laughs> it would mess with so many characters and, you know, like their their perceptions of what's going on and what's real. And just it's it's fun. <laughs> but that's not a really 
I don't know. <laughs> it would so change to clarify, everything. Siobhan says, I wish she was a, a better person. And then Tanya, yours is, I wish she messed with more people. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like this dynamic. <laughs> it's just so much fun being a sinister character, except not obvious right away. Have there been any changes for your recording at home during COVID with all this change that's taken place? Not on my end. I got a faster, it's a Nook. It's like a small desktop because my other one just was starting to get slow and, and not, you know, it would turn off and stuff like that. So I, I just invested in getting a recording machine and it's got more RAM and the hard drive is better. Solid state hard drives upgraded. So it's a lot faster for me with recording. And then I also got a silicone keyboard, completely silicone. You can submerge it underwater, which just boggles my mind. And it's quiet. It's silent. So when I'm, you know, moving around a script and I have my headphones on, it doesn't transmit. The keyboard noise does not transmit to the microphone. So it's just, it's been improved. Yay. Oh, that's amazing. I need one of those. <laughs> I moved apartments during COVID, so just getting used to like a new environment. But this apartment is a lot more quiet, which is nice. I used to live on quite a busy road. That's been now I sometimes can leave the door of my booth open slightly just to get a bit of air. <laughs> Whereas in yes. the last apartment, that wasn't an option. So it's yeah, it's also been a bit of an improvement, I would say. Out of curiosity, what, what kind of booth are you using? A carpenter friend and my partner actually built it. It's like a portable recording booth. It's just like wood. And then obviously the foam. Um, I have no idea what kind of foam it is. I'm like not very good at this side of things. It's it's handmade. <laughs> so that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's just really hot because South Africa is summer right now. So it's actually I call it my sauna or my bifrost, but you know. We know that you both read a lot of books. And and what sort of if you do read sci-fi, what kind? And uh if you don't read sci-fi, what have you been reading that you've liked uh of late? I actually don't I don't read sci-fi. And I think I, it, so if you guys have some sci-fi recommendations, please send them my way because I feel like I should, like for more research for Nalira also. <laughs> I feel like I watched more kind of sci-fi movies like to prepare um, as opposed to reading sci-fi books. But I read a lot. Usually my goal is like 70 books a year. I'm trying to even think. I'm reading so many things at one time. I read a lot of books by Chinese writers actually that have been translated because I'm also writing a novel mainly set in China. So it's, it's good research. I'm kind of I'm reading a book called The Vagrants at the moment by a Chinese writer. And I feel like one of the best books I read recently was Girl, Women, Other. I don't know if you guys have read that. It won the Women's Prize for Fiction or the Man Booker. I need to remember. I'm like, it was a couple of months ago now. But I really, I love like all fiction. And I just, I need to get more into sci-fi. I, I really love Japanese fiction as well, like Haruki Murakami. Can you give us a, a brief, like one sentence or two sentence on those books that you've just mentioned and name dropped? Because I'm trying to think like, okay, what are they about? What are they about? Girl, Women, Other is basically 15 stories of women in like London, black women. So obviously with Black Lives Matter last year, I decided to try and kind of mix up the fiction that I was reading. So I kind of focused on that last year. And the book I'm reading at the moment, The Vagrants, it is about women who is, she gets the death penalty in China for like speaking out about the government and things. So it's pretty intense. I've been reading this series. The most recent one was the it's called The Liar's Sister and I'm not sure who the author is, but I'll look that up and get back to you guys on that. But it's basically it's it keeps you on the edge of your seat. I would classify it as a mystery and a psychological thriller. There are two sisters and they're 
like very close in age. Uh, one of them is like a couple, only a couple years younger than the other. And the older sister had this, like she got sexually assaulted and it, they live in a small town in London. Um, well, not London, but you know, it's, I don't remember exactly where, where it is geographically off the top of my head, but they're in the UK, I should say. Basically, it's a small town, so everybody heard what happened, and it, it kind of ruined the town against the family. They they don't like their family. They feel like they falsely accused the person. And um, it's this, this whole mystery of, is, is the sister telling the truth, or is she lying about it because something else happened, or she wants to cover something up because the the person she accused disappeared when they were both 16. So it just kind of goes into you see both points of view and it it comes to an end where it boggles your mind. So there is a whole series of them. There's the liar's wife, the the liar's sister-in-law, things like that. So it's just kind of a, a fun pastime. I listen to it when I'm cooking or what what have you, if I'm not listening to podcasts, <laughs> which I've been, I've been able to listen to a lot more of now than before COVID. I've been reading uh, Gideon the Ninth, actually the sequel, Haro the Ninth, um, which is a sci-fi kind of, I describe it as like a sci-fi uh, hard science fiction fantasy Western. Cool. <laughs> so the main character is super sassy in the first book. Second book's a lot more dark and serious, but um, very quasi hard science fiction to magic, which I've, I've enjoyed. I think that's all the, the main questions we've had from others. Yeah, that was all of the, like the fan submitted ones. Just wanted to say again, it has been fantastic working with both of you, and we're, we're excited for what season three can and will bring in the near future. I can't wait. Same. We'll bring the finale of uh, A Vast Horizon pretty soon after this is released. I think we have Minds and Mysteries coming up next for uh, eight weeks, and then we'll jump right into season three of Vast Horizon. But thank you, uh, Tanya. Thank you, Siobhan. It's been great speaking with you sequentially, and you've actually talked back. Would you like to give information on where people can look up other things that you're working on or websites or things that you want to direct them to? My website, it's Tanya, T-A-N-J-A, Amazon Mary, voice.com. And on there, you can find like some demos and things. And then there's a portfolio page that lists other websites soon to be updated with different projects that I'm working on. And then I mentioned Wordtastic earlier. I think that's just wordtastic.libsyn.com, W-O-R-D-T-A-S-T-I-C. I'm actually launching a new website this week. Um, it's attached to my old blog. I used to do like a lot of writing, but that is lunafinula.com. So L-U-N-A-F-I-N-U-L-A.com. If anyone is interested in astrology out there, you can also follow me on Instagram at lunafinula. I often share things there about that. And then on Netflix... I have a series coming out soon, one of the animations that I've dubbed. Just in case anyone listening has little kids, preschool kids, um, it's called Boonie Cubs. So that should be coming to Netflix soon. Yeah, and my podcast, The Stars Aligned. Um, it's an astrology and human design podcast. So yeah, just in case anyone's interested in that. <laughs> cool. Huge grins on this end. Thank you both again so much for your time and for being part of our project. Thank you all for listening. Please be ready to return to the world of Vast Horizon in June 2021.